Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Father, we come to you and we ask your blessing on the reading of your word. I pray that you'd fill me with your spirit, that you would enable me to preach this message. God, you know my heart. You know that I've cried out to you and asking you to enable me and help me through this. And I pray right now, Lord, that you would help us to see the dire emergency of the state of the family today. And God, I pray that you would instill upon us that as we believe in the preeminence of Jesus Christ, that it be evidenced in our homes, Lord, that we would not just be hearers of the Word, that we would be doers of the Word. God, I pray that you would help us, Lord. I ask you, God, to help keep me on track. And Father, I pray that your word will find fertile ground. It will take root and it will spring up to everlasting life. Lord, I ask you, God, to do an incredible work. Send us a revival. And maybe this is where we need to start, Lord, a revival in our homes. Holy Spirit of God, I ask you, I beg of you, Lord, do your work. Help me, Lord. Do something great in Shawnee Hills Baptist Church for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Um, We've been studying the preeminence of Jesus Christ. And essentially, up until this last week, last week we learned that we are to become practically what we already are positionally. In other words, what God has done in us should come out of us. Jesus said that we are salt and light. And frankly, one of the bad things that's harming the church today is we claim that we believe in preeminence, but there's no lining up with our actions. Our, what we say and what we do are not lining up. And so Paul lays out this great uh, change from the uh, big heavy-weighted doctrine of the preeminence of Christ to practical living. And he says that we should be practically what God has already made us positionally. And so he begins to lay out a case for us and he begins with examples and he starts where God started, with the family. Do you know that it was the family that was the first institution that God created? Before he brought the church into existence upon the earth, he had already created the family. And immediately after God created the family, the devil began to attack the family. He began to try to distance the family from God. And may I say to you that there is an attack on the home today. There's a, an attack for God's design. And let me, under, let me just be clear about this. When you attack God's design, you are attacking God. There's a, a, a big attack on the family in our land. There's attack on the roles of the family. And it all began years ago when a politician says it takes a village. No, it takes a family to raise a child. I adamantly stand against that. Now, I believe in community and I believe the church ought to help one another, but it is no substitute for God's design. No substitute. And what happens? So immediately the devil begins to attack the very definition of the family. People are being taught in school... And they're, they're, kids are being taught that the family's not 
one man and one woman. It can be any comprised of any kind of, of, of makeup they want. It can be two women, two men. It can be any kind of design. Listen, that goes against what God said the family is. And we're too scared to stand up and say it because we're afraid that somebody will put something bad about us on Facebook. You can talk about persecution. How many of us have been crucified upside down? How many of us have been stoned? How many of us have, have had any kind of real persecution for our stand for the Lord Jesus Christ? So not only does he attack the definition of the family, he attacks the function of the family. Oh, religion is, is, is bad and, and Christianity is bad and they want to oppress women and they want to do this, that and the other. Listen, that's a bunch of hogwash. Christianity is about Christ's love for us. He doesn't tell us to go out and mistreat people. He tells us to go out and love people. But the devil is subtly working to destroy the family. The family. I guarantee you, and I am guilty... Guilty, guilty. But I guarantee you that our families families are being ravaged by technology and social media. Torn up in pieces because of social media. I was talking to an elderly couple yesterday and the woman and the man said, we take out all of our kids to dinner. And when they get on their phones, Mama stands up and says, now listen... You put those phones up if you want Momo and Papa to pay for the, the dinner. And they all put their phones up. Now listen to me. Now you think, y'all, here, here, here he is, he's meddling in my business. He don't need, I'm just telling you straight up. Here's what's happening. Our family is deteriorating because we are not following God's plan. And God says, how can you say you are believe and you are submitted to the preeminence of Christ when the preeminence of Christ can't even be seen in your home? So, what does Paul say? He begins by laying this out. He finished and said, whatsoever you do, verse 17, let me go back there, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. That's a big qualifier. Whatever it is you do, you're doing it for His glory, for His name's sake. And then he begins and gives us examples. And he says the very first place is in the home. Verse 18, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. God has, number one, designed roles for the family. Roles, R-O-L-E-S, not R-O-L-L-S. He has a design role for the family. And society is attacking that role. They're arguing about this and they're bickering about it. And I'm just going to tell you, you can think of me a chauvinist pig or whatever. I'm just standing with the Word of God. I remember I was teaching this at the other church one time. And there was about 50 people in there. It was a couples group. And, and I, I just preached through the Bible. You all know me long enough to know. I pick a, cha- a book and we go verse by verse. And if, if a rock hits you and you yelp, then that's a pretty good indicator that you're guilty. And so I'm preaching, I'm teaching through the book of, of Ephesians and we come to Ephesians chapter 5 and it says, wives, submit to your own husbands. And she goes, oh, she closed her Bible and she says, not this again. 
And I said, well, if you're going to act like that, I'm going to act like that. What in the world is wrong with you? And she said, is this all you all ever talk about? And I said, this is the first time I've taught on it in this class. And she says, well, I know what the Word of God says, but... And I said, hold on right there. Whenever you put a comma where God puts a period, you're in trouble. Now you think about that. I know what God's Word says, but, but is a change of emphasis that takes you in contrast to the first thing you just said. In other words, I know what the Word of God says, but I believe this. So you just stood in contrast to God's Word. This is not a new, new teaching. Paul taught it on, to the church at Corinth. He taught to other churches the structure of the home. It began in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 16. You don't have to go there because I'm just going, i got some other verses I want to show you. But in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 16, he tells Eve that her desire shall be to her husband. And he shall rule over thee. There is a hierarchy in the home that God ordained. And wives are to be submissive to their husbands. If you'll notice with me, I have some verses on the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of every woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. Paul told the ladies and the men at Corinthians that he has a pre-designed plan for the home. Now what does Satan do? Satan comes in and attacks the home. You don't need a father. You don't need a dad. You can have two mothers. That ain't going to work. That's not going to work. You cannot bear children. And I'm just all I'm saying. We've got children here. That's all. I'm not going any deeper. It will not work. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 and 20 uh, through 24, I think. Let's see. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And He is the Savior of the body. Wives, submit to your husbands. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, that they also may without the word be won by the conversation or the conduct of their wives. Over and over and over and over, we are told that wives are submit to their own husbands. But along comes this group of women who hate men, who don't like men, and don't want to be oppressed by men any longer, and they've wreaked havoc on the family. But listen to me, wives, it doesn't change the fact that you will be accountable unto the Lord Jesus Christ of whether you submitted or not to your own husband. It changes not. Everyone will give an account to the Lord Jesus Christ. The design, the role of the wife. Now, husbands, I've heard a lot of amens. It's your turn. Yeah, and the women are like, preach, preacher! <laughs> Amen! <laughs> Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Ephesians chapter 
number 5. And verse 25 tells us. Give him a second to get it there. For, that's, there we go. Husbands, love your wives. Even, now listen, men, pay close attention. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. When you're chasing your own agenda and you're leaving her out of it, you're not loving her. So don't you come to me and talk to me about submitting her submitting to you. The problem is, is that the devil has come in and he's taken our eyes off our roles. Husbands, you're supposed to love and cherish and lead your wives. Wives, you're supposed to submit to your husbands. And if we follow this, we follow this God-ordained plan, it shows forth that we believe that He is preeminent. That we've submitted to Him. That He's first in rank because we're following His plan. Now, we move from the roles to the responsibility. Notice in verse number 17. I didn't read it, but let's go back there. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God and the Father by Him. Look at verse 23. And whatsoever ye do, do heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men. Men, listen to me. We have the responsibility of loving our wives as Christ loved the church. That means we sacrifice to take care of them, to lead them, to love them, to support them. It means that we will stand and give an account for that. We won't give an account for what our wives did, whether she submitted or not. But you will give an account of whether you loved your wife as Christ loved the church or not. You will. I will. And there's no way around it. And God comes along and through the messenger... He has him depend under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that the whole reason you do this is because it's for the Lord. And whatever you do for the Lord, you have to do it heartily. And you put everything you got into it. If we put as much time and emphasis as we did in sports or hobbies or careers in our home, things would be different. Things would be different. But what's happening is we're neglecting that responsibility. We do this for Christ's sake. Well, I love my spouse, but I'm just not in love with my spouse. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. You have no idea what the concept of love is. Love is a choice. Love says, I'm going to demand your best good whether you capitulate or not. I'm in this for good. I'm in this for good. Whether you're, whether you are, are not, I'm not quitting. I'm in a, I love you and I'm going to do it. And, and ladies, listen to me. When you submit to your own husbands, and you may not like it, and you may not agree with him, but let me tell you something, God's taking note. And he keeps accurate records. He's taking note to what's going on. Men, when you love your wives and you love her and she may not be submitting to you and you, but you still love her, you know what you're doing? You're giving a testimony that I believe in the preeminence of Jesus Christ. Listen, it's one thing to say you believe in the preeminence of Christ. It's a total different thing to prove it by the way you live. It's good preaching. Amen. 
And the biggest complaint people have against the church of God is that we are hypocrites. We hold the world to a higher standard than we hold ourselves. And what Paul is saying is, listen, because of the preeminence of Christ, wives submit, husbands love. Children, it's a great day you're here. God makes no mistakes. We didn't, we didn't know we were going to, we just knew we were having communion and the kids were coming over here. We didn't know that they were going to be in here, but listen to me, children. Listen to what the verse says. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well pleasing unto the Lord. You learn this now at a young age, it'll save you a lot of heartache and a lot of trouble. Parents, let me just say, I'm going to say something real quick. Husbands and wives, don't you dare put your children before your relationship. That's not biblical. That is not biblical. Well, now wait a minute. That, those are my, I know they're your kids and you're loving them, but you are to be responsible to your spouse first. And then your kids. Your spouse comes before your children. Why? Because God ordained it that way. And I'll tell you another reason why. You better do it because your kids are going to be just like you. And my kids are going to be just like me. Sorry, guys. <laughs> one there, one there, one there. I've got a triangle here. <laughs> but we cannot put our children before this relationship. Why? Because this relationship has to be the best it can to take care of that relationship. But we're so worried about hurting people's feelings. And we're so worried about how people feel. And we want you to be emotionally okay. No, you need to be a wreck and wake up. You need it. I need it. We need to understand that God's design roles. There's a reason why He begins with the husband and wife before He gets to the kids. And I can tell you this. I know you love your children more than anything. And I love my children just as much as you love your children. But she has to be more important to me than my kids. And you say, preacher, that's not right. That is right. Show me where it's not right. Where it's not right is in society, and society's tricking us into buying into society's lies, and it's destroying the family. Whew. Now, children, back on my subject of children. Obey your parents in all things. Children, obey your parents, for this is right. And that you may live long upon the earth. Your role as a child is to submit to your parents. You know why? Because they are the first line of authority. You show me a kid that doesn't respect his parents, I'll show you a kid that doesn't respect the teacher. And I'll show you a kid that doesn't respect law enforcement. You know what the common denominator is amongst all those incarcerated? A major percentage of them come from broken homes. Not only does the Bible testify to it, but statistically. And we claim that we're preeminent. Or we believe in the preeminence of Jesus Christ. He is preeminent. We wear the bracelets and Jesus is Lord. And our homes are a wreck. 
There's responsibilities. Fathers, you have a responsibility. Provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Sometimes, and I am one, sometimes fathers can be the hardest to please. Can I, I'm saying, speaking of earthly fathers. Is that right? Ladies, go ahead and say it. <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes fathers can be the most difficult to please. And sometimes we uh, get, I know I make a mountain out of molehills. Anybody else with me? I'm using me so no one else gets mad. And I'm, I'm trying to be truthful too. Sometimes I make a mountain out of molehills. Something that doesn't really amount to anything, I'll just go ballistic over it. And later, when I'm calmed down a little bit, the Holy Spirit comes alongside and, you know... And, in his way, he starts tugging on me. and You know, you really blew that one, didn't you? Yes, Lord, I did. Yes, I did. Listen. Amen. you got to love it. Hey, it's okay. I, I, I'll take them. I'll take them. I remember Jack Howes was in the church of First Hammond Baptist in, in uh, Hammond, or Indiana. And right outside of uh, Chicago. And for the first time in his life, it was a prominent church. He had prominent deacons, and the church was affluential, and, and it was helping him. And for the first time, he thought it was something. And he was busting in these kids. And one of the deacons said, We don't want those dirty, stinking bus kids here. And he was torn up about it. And he was walking the streets of Chicago all night. In the middle of the night, he was walking the streets and he was talking out loud to the Lord, and people thought he was crazy. And he said, Lord, if I, if I blow this, then I'll, I'll lose the best job I've ever had. I finally got a church where there's, they're prominent. I finally got a church where you know, they can pay me and, 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 I, and I'm looked at favorably. and I'm, uh, you know, People respect me in the community and, and I'm going to lose all this because I know that we've got to pick up these kids. And he had this emotional struggle back and forth. And he said it was almost daylight and people were going to work and he fell on his knees there in Chicago and he cried out as loud as a kid, I'll take the bus kids, I'll take the bus kids. And he went back and he told those deacons, I'll take the bus kids. And he said, majority of his board resigned. He said, I lost over three millionaires off our board in that one meeting. He said, but God never failed to bless us. Guys, I'll take the kids over not having them any day. Even if they're a little rambunctious. Hey, I watch you all every Sunday. And you all are not as still as you think you are. <laughs> And I see some of you all on your phones and you all like, them kids were on their phones during my Sunday school class and you sitting back there checking Facebook during the message. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And so, and you all talk and gab and whisper and go back and forth. So don't be picking on the kids. Amen, kids? Fathers, listen. Our roles, our responsibilities, number three. Listen, look at the reward. Would you go down to verse 24 with me in 25? Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance. Notice this next phrase. For ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respecter of persons. God's going to take care of it. God's going to take care of it. Wives, you're going to stand before the Lord and you'll either be rewarded or you'll lose a reward for whether or not you were submissive to your husband. 
Men, you're going to stand before the Lord and have to explain to Him why everything in the blooming world was more important to you than your wife. And kids, you'll have to stand before the Lord and answer why you didn't obey your mom and daddy. And fathers, you're going to have to stand before the Lord and explain to Him why it was that you provoked your child to anger over something that was insignificant that didn't matter. I'm telling you right now, the devil has crept in and is destroying our families. We're putting everything that more important than our family. Let me tell you something. There's nothing earthly speaking more important than your family. When you're on your deathbed, chances are all you'll have is your family. Nobody cares about the millions you amass and you ain't taking it with you. Your kids are going to fight over it. I told my dad, I said, spend your money. Spend it now and have a good time. And then when you, and when you go to heaven, you're broke. Hallelujah. There's less we have to deal with. I'm just telling the truth. People acting all crazy over family and money. Listen, the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money. Not money, but the love of it. You love it. And the Bible says that many have pierced themselves through to many sorrows because of it. Let me tell you something, guys. Listen. The family matters to God. And how can we say, and this is what Paul is trying to convey to us, how can we say that we believe in the preeminence of Jesus Christ when our families are a wreck? How can we say that? Preacher, you don't know what my wife's doing to me. Listen, I I can't help you there, but I can tell you this. It doesn't change the fact that you still got to love her. The problem happens when you try to make her submit and she tries to make you love. It ain't going to work that way. You do what you do. Stay in your lane, bro. <laughs> Hallelujah. Finally, y'all can understand what I'm saying. That's the way ADHD works, man. I'm just telling you. Stay in your lane. Because when you and I stand before the Lord Jesus Christ... That's all that's going to matter. Not the accolades of man, but whether or not you and I were faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, I could preach four weeks on this subject, but I can't. Listen to me. Let me encourage you. What we need is a revival in our homes, guys. I've been asking God to give us a revival. I don't doubt one bit that you all love the Lord. I know you love the Lord. I see you week after week working, caring for these kids, feeding these kids, loving on these kids, helping each other, praying for each other. There are people in this church, you all don't even know about it, there are people in this church that go out and help people secretly and don't say anything to anybody because they love Jesus. But I'll tell you, I feel like us independent Baptists as a whole, we've cooled off a little bit. I feel like things are not as important to us as they once were. I feel like it's, it's more about the image and portraying on social media that we are a successful church. And what's happening is we look good on the outside, but on the inside we're full of dead man's bones. We're whitewashed tombs. And I feel what we need is a genuine revival. We get back to the things that God says matters to Him. And family matters, guys. Family matters. Look around you. Look next to you. He, she, 
matters. God's way matters. And it's just a part of believing in the preeminence of God. If He's first in rank, then we say that the family has to come first. There's not a day that doesn't go by that I wished that I could pick up the phone and call my mother and tell her, I'm sorry, first of all. Number two, but how, how much I love her. Guys, we'll put big long diatribes on Facebook of people that, we, that are going through something. We'll, we'll give a big long thing and we won't tell the people that are closest to them we love them. We won't stop doing things that divide us to do things together. But we think we're great. We think we're fine. Hey, we believe in Jesus and Him crucified and, and don't do this and don't do that. Listen, we need a revival in our hearts, guys. We can be doing all these things that we're doing, feeding the kids and going out and doing this without that sincerity in our heart. And I'm telling you guys, we need a revival in our families. We need some men that will stand up and say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't care what anybody thinks of me. I'm going to stand and I'm going to love my wife. We need some wives who will say, listen, I'm going to stand up and do it God's way and I'm going to submit. I'm going to put down my agenda and always having to be right and always having to you know, have attention and I, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to submit to my husband and we're going to make this thing work. I stand and sometimes I go through my files and I look through all the people that officiated their weddings. Look at those licenses. I get a copy of their license and I, I thumb through them and I think, well... They're still together. They're not. They're still together. They're not. And it's heartbreaking. And most of it was because we opened the door to the devil. We didn't close it. We didn't slam it shut. We opened the door and let him come on in. Remember that commercial where the woman says, You need glasses? And she opens the door and lets a raccoon in. Come on in and snuggle with mama. Right? <laughs> We're looking through the lens of the world and we can't see the danger that's lying ahead. I was uh, at Abundant Life Baptist Church and there was a 15-year-old boy. He was in the doctor's office having a routine checkup, no problems. And while he was in the doctor's office, 15 years old, on the examining table, he dropped dead. Dead. Now guys, listen to me. 15 years. All that his parents pushed him to do. All that they wanted him to be so that society would say, Man, you got a good son. He's such a great athlete. He's all, all that meant nothing because they lost their son. He's gone. He's gone. Could you imagine the grief they must have gone through? He was in our youth group. And I tell you guys, 
Things can change in a moment. And all you've got is your family. You could go into work tomorrow and the boss say, listen, we no longer need you. You got your family. Of course you got the Lord. I'm talking earthly speaking. You got your family. There are people in this congregation within a year or two years, the last two or three years, you've lost a part of your family through death. And you know what I'm talking about. I know that you're going through pain right now. Maybe we ought to have them testify sometime on the value of the family. Someone's experiencing could testify us how important God's family is from their perspective. I I guarantee they tell you it's worth everything. It's worth everything. We need a revival in our homes. We need a revival in our hearts. And would to God some men and women stand up today and say, I'm ready. I want revived. I'm ready to do things God's way. I'm ready to show forth the preeminence of Jesus Christ in my home. People will see that in the way you live versus what you say. They'll watch you because actions do speak louder than words. They will see that and they'll say there's something different about that family. There's something different about that family. There's something different about them. The difference is they bought into the preeminence of Jesus Christ. All chips in. I'm all in. How about you? Are you all in? Father, we ask you to bless this message. I ask you, Father, to speak to us this morning. God, I pray.